Imagine this. You wake up one morning with congestion in your chest. You begin to cough, noticing a sore throat and a runny nose. In previous years, you may have quickly tried to figure out if your symptoms were synonymous with one of three things. Allergies, the common cold, or the flu. But this year, there's another scarier culprit on that list. The coronavirus. Today, we'll break down information from experts across Jefferson Health on how you can determine the cause of your symptoms and what you can do to protect yourself this fall and winter. This is the Health Nexus podcast, powered by Jefferson Health. I'm Gianna Demedio. We start with Dr. Christopher Haynes. I'm a physician in the Department of Family and Community Medicine. Um, I also teach in the Department of Physiology here. You work clinically within the hospital. Have you been working directly with coronavirus patients? No, I've been doing a lot with COVID. So in the spring, during the height of our um, of the pandemic in Philadelphia, uh, we actually uh, put together a COVID-only team that I helped to lead. And um, so for a few months there, I was taking care of only COVID patients in the hospital. This has obviously been something that has been ever-changing in recent months, but From what we know now, what are some of the key symptoms of the virus? The main symptom remains fever uh, along with cough. It can be uh, a low-grade fever. Um, We'd usually define a fever as 100.4, greater than that. Um, Also with cough, and then for patients who have more severe COVID-19 infection, um, they will often have shortness of breath. And shortness of breath is often the reason that a patient requires oxygen and requires going into the hospital. Um, There are certainly other symptoms as well. Some patients we've seen have mostly gastrointestinal symptoms, mainly Mm -hmm. they'll have nausea and diarrhea. Um, Patients can have some mild upper respiratory infection symptoms um, like sore throat um, as well. But again, the mainstay of COVID-19 symptoms remain cough and fever. Some of the symptoms that you mentioned, especially the cough and a fever, can overlap with things like allergies, the cold, and the flu, the flu being the one that we would normally see the fever with. So what are the symptoms that we would see that would only really be indicative of the coronavirus? You talked a little bit about the GI symptoms and gasping for air. Tell us more about that. Well, a lot of these symptoms are going to overlap. And if you're trying to think about what you may have when you develop symptoms, you have to think about, first of all, how prevalent is the infection in your community? Um, and then um, really look at what your risks were. So, you know, as, as you mentioned, with influenza, for example, a person uh, will often have cough and fever. Those are common symptoms of that. The same is true for COVID-19. Allergies tend to be a little different. Um, COVID-19 doesn't really present itself all too often alone as nasal congestion. Mm-hmm. Um, patients who have Uh, Seasonal allergies that may be hitting them now in the autumn are more likely to have, you know, nasal congestion that may exist by itself. And if they do develop a cough, it's often the predictable cough that they develop um, with post-nasal drip. So in that way, allergies are a little bit different. But again, it's pretty difficult to tell the difference between COVID-19 and influenza. Um, I would say right now, what one needs to look at is what are your risk factors? How prevalent is it in the community? We're not really seeing any influenza yet um, in the Northeast. And so if, you know, it would be unlikely for a person to have it 
this early in October at this point. And then also, what are your risk factors and um, who have you been around? How prevalent it is, is it in your community? And in the case of influenza, um, have you received the influenza vaccine, which decreases your risk of getting influenza and then probably more importantly, decreases your risk of getting pretty sick with influenza? Let's go back to seeing it in the Northeast region real quick. When would you normally expect to see a spike in cases in this region? Um, the last few years, we've seen a, a little bit in October, but it's really December where we start to see, you know, really Thanksgiving and later that we be, have begun to see large numbers of patients with influenza, in particular, large numbers of patients who are hospitalized. So really Thanksgiving through February has been um, you know, pretty hot time for influenza A in particular. The last couple of years, we've had some influenza B um, which is a different strain, has occurred a little later, sometimes into March. Um, but again, October um, is generally a little early. The prevalence is going to be less in the community. It's really those colder months, mm-hmm. um, November through March, where we see influenza. And we talked about symptoms of COVID that are purely indicative of COVID and the reverse, symptoms of allergies, cold and flu, that would only indicate those ailments. But what if a patient is still struggling with determining which of these that they have? What can you suggest that they do? I think that, you know, the best thing, if you have any doubts at the beginning, is to, is to isolate yourself, to protect those loved ones and others around you. Um, and then to contact your primary care physician. And a lot of physicians prefer, and I think rightly so, to see patients um, through telehealth visits at this point. Most practices have that set up to keep you from coming into the office and possibly spreading something. And the physician can determine if they can Um, properly assess the patient on telehealth, they usually can, and they may or may not recommend testing for um, COVID-19 and then later on for influenza as that becomes uh, more prevalent. Because as we're seeing, luckily not every case of the coronavirus needs hospitalization, right? Some people are able to stay home, stay isolated, stay quarantined, and can fight it on their own. Yes, very much the majority of patients don't require hospitalization. Um, it's interesting. I mean, a, a large number of patients with COVID-19, it appears as we see antibody tests um, giving us information, uh, a lot of patients don't have symptoms at all. Um, many of those patients with symptoms have mild symptoms. Um, and even those with more um, serious symptoms do not uh, need to come into the hospital for treatment. It really only is a minority of patients that develop shortness of breath and a lack of oxygen, thus, you know, that they require oxygen and need to go into the hospital. So most patients are able to um, to handle this on their own without being hospitalized. And, and that's great to hear. And one of the most important things that you said that I really want to take a minute to reiterate is that isolation and that quarantine. And that if you are able to fight it at home, that you really do want to stay isolated from others, right? That is correct. And, and you're protecting those that you love and also other people in the community from this um, spreading further. And as we started saying in the beginning, you do work alongside coronavirus patients. You've seen it firsthand in the hospital since the beginning of this pandemic. What is your professional insight on what we might see this winter? I, I mean, I think it's it's pretty understood that we've had a bit of a honeymoon here and that's because most things that we've been able to do are outdoors and outdoors spread of this virus is much more difficult than indoor spread so you're much safer outdoors 
but we expect to see some cases again and some increased hospitalizations as we go to the winter months. Um, you know, one of the difficulties that we've already mentioned is going to be trying to discern COVID-19 illness from influenza. Mm-hmm. And really one of the best things that you can do um, is to get the influenza vaccine. Um, again, it will decrease the likelihood that you will catch influenza. And probably most important, it'll decrease the likelihood that you'll get really sick from influenza. And certainly one wouldn't want to get these two infections um, at, at the same time or consecutively. Um, they could really um, uh, knock somebody out. Okay, so let's hope that those that are listening to this, the symptoms that they do have are not the coronavirus and maybe just a flu or a cold. So if that is the case, what do you recommend as being some of the best treatments for those? I think the mainstay is um, staying hydrated um, and also treating your symptoms. And if you have discomfort, you know, taking Tylenol or um, uh, things like ibuprofen can be helpful getting appropriate rest and again, staying hydrated because dehydration uh, ends up being uh, mm-hmm. a cause of a lot of discomfort and illness in patients with things like colds. With influenza, it's a little more complex. Um, if patients have influenza diagnosed early, they may benefit from um, antiviral medications like Tamiflu. Um, again, there's a limited benefit to that and it's only um, if given in the first uh, 24 hours of symptoms, it may decrease your Uh, both the intensity of your symptoms and the length of your symptoms. Um, It is certainly not a cure for influenza, but the same things um, uh, apply with influenza, staying hydrated, um, resting, but moving around a good part of the day um, and seeking medical care if you um, find that you are short of breath. Dr. Haynes, thank you so much for talking with me today. Pleasure to talk to you. If allergies are found to be the cause of your symptoms, Dr. John Cohn, an allergy specialist at Jefferson, offered tips on how to treat it. Keep windows closed and pollen out of the home, he says. It's helpful for a physician to know if your symptoms are worsened when you are outside. And consider a once-daily, non-sedating antihistamine, like Zizel, Allegra, or Clarinex. You can try those alone or in combination with an over-the-counter nasal steroid. Dr. Cohn also says that loss of sense of smell or taste could be a good clue that the problem is infection and not allergies. And just as Dr. Haynes recommended, Dr. Cohn points out that utilizing telemedicine is a great option to help with your allergies this season. Search Jeff Connect on your mobile device's app store to get connected to a Jefferson physician today. And to round out our information today, let's dive a little bit more into the flu and the coronavirus. Experts worry that we could be facing a twindemic this winter season as people battle the threat of both illnesses at the same time. What are we dealing with here? Is it just a regular cold? Could it be influenza? Could it be COVID? That's the challenge I think we're facing. That's Dr. John Zerlo. He's the division director of infectious disease at Jefferson. And he says, first things first, get that flu shot and keep wearing that mask. I think for this flu season, I would probably get it early in the season because if we can avert any kind of large scale influenza in the community, we're probably going to be in a better situation. Remember, there's also the added benefit of continuing wearing masks. Masks are not specific to the prevention of COVID they're gonna prevent lots of different respiratory viruses. I think my advice is what I've been saying for a while now. We need to stay vigilant. Outdoors is always better than indoors. 
Mask wearing is really key. Wear a mask that covers both your mouth and your nose. Socially distance is very important. Once again, in these multi-generational households, be very, very careful in exposures among younger people who may be out and could become infected. All of these things will help in reducing the spread of respiratory viral infections in general and certainly keeping our numbers of COVID down. In addition to this advice, Dr. Zerlo also says to keep an eye on influenza activity in your region. The CDC publishes weekly surveillance reports on its flu website. Knowing if the virus is sporadic or more widespread in your region can help you determine your activities or your symptoms. All in all, stay optimistic. Dr. Zerlo noted that he and other public health officials see potentially optimistic signs for this season. And health systems like Jefferson have cared for thousands of flu and COVID patients and are well positioned to handle any potential surges that involve both. Together, we can fight this and stay healthy. Again, for more information on the topics covered today, check out the articles on thehealthnexus.org, including more from Dr. Zerlo and Dr. Cohn. I'll include links in the show notes. I'm Gianna Demedio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.